Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here in the Northern Rockies, dark winter months are outlasted in basements, dens, and nooks, where kindred souls gather together to share intel, swap fly patterns, and relive the memories from seasons past. This gathering spot known locally as the February Room is the inspiration for this podcast. No matter the season, the door is always open to those with a fly fishing story to tell. Brought to you by CD Fishing USA, the North American distributor for composite development fly rods and accessories. 40 years of Kiwi ingenuity and graphite technology now available at cd-fishing.us or your local CD USA dealer. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And remember to go fishing. Here's your host, the Carnops, and this is the February Room. In my time in the outdoor television industry, I was introduced to Trout Unlimited chapters throughout the country. These local grassroots bodies function as the lifeblood of TU's efforts to protect, reconnect, restore our cold water fisheries. Our local TU group here in Missoula is amply named the West Lope Chapter. And today I had the great pleasure of speaking with the current president, Brandon Dwyer. Thank you so much for joining me today. You bet, Lauren. Thanks for having me. This is exciting for me. We've got a lot of good things going on in the West Lope Chapter, a lot of exciting things going on. We have a lot to talk about. Um, Like you said, um, there's a lot of events coming up and I can't wait to showcase what those are. But before we get started and learning a little bit more about our own home waters, let's hear a fishing story. Fishing story. Okay. So I, I tried to do a little research, listen to a couple podcasts you guys have done. And I thought, oh man, what do I, what do I, what do I talk about? Uh, I, I, I've got to live this kind of weird, uh, awesome Tom Sawyer-esque life when I was growing up in, in Kalispell. Yeah, always on the water, floating, fishing, riding my bike with a fishing rod and a pocket knife, kind of wherever I wanted to go. And uh, maybe, maybe that way. But, you know, in thinking about it, I think what's always been most important all the stories seem to come from with who you share the water with. And that's, I keep a pretty tight fishing circle and love to be inclusive and share to some degree. But when it comes down to my free time, I, I fish with a pretty tight circle and story came to mind. Uh, mostly was, a uh, my, the fishing trip we took for my bachelor party. Well, I'm no longer married, but, uh, this bachelor party story was, um, kind of a fun one. So, uh, you know, the, uh, you plan, you know, you hear of like the usual bachelor party destinations involve, uh, you know, Las Vegas or, you know, some other places. Well, you know, I've made almost every decision in my life based on whether I could fish or not. And it was no, uh, no coincidence that, you know, what do you want to do, Brandon, for your bachelor party? Let's go fishing. We did something a little different. Uh, my friend of mine at the time had a family ranch in Northeast Washington. Uh, so probably not top of mind for bachelor party destinations, but for me, Colville, Washington, Northport, Washington was probably the only place I wanted to be at the time, you know, it was end of June, early July, Montana had a huge water year. 
and uh, everything else was really high. And I thought, you know, this is this is a, a cool fishery that nobody's ever got to experience. So let's go do it. Uh, so we ended up on the Upper Columbia River, just outside of Northport, Washington. And I don't think I'm blowing this up by uh, by talking about it. it's kind of a discovered fishery now. But at the time, you know, it it maybe wasn't. Uh, but uh, the Upper Columbia up there has a just a killer dry fly fishery, giant, giant, giant catasatches. I mean, blanket biblical style uh, where the trees look like they're on fire. They're smoking, you know, when these these adult caddis come out of there uh, as, as it starts to cool off in the evening. They get these great big brown drakes. They get these hexagena right before dark, which are just a giant mayf- you know, salmon fly sized mayfly. And uh, let's go do that. The only kind of challenge is, is that, you know, at the time, I remember, again, Montana was in a big water year. The Yellowstone River, you know, had peaked at 18,000 cubic feet per second. And it's a big river, you know, and I'm used to I fish the Yellowstone. I lived in Billings at the time. And, um, you know, man, that's about as big as it got. Well, the upper Columbia at that time is, you know, maybe 80,000, 100,000 cubic feet per second. I mean, that's that's a lot of water. That's a huge river. Uh and uh, so you need a power boat. This isn't something you can just go do in a drift boat or something like that. You got to have motor power. You have to have gasoline. You have to have uh, trolling motors or, you know, or the like. So um, we had all of that in an a old ranch house to stay at in, in Colville. And uh, so we went and did it. And, and really what's most memorable about it, again, is just the, the people I was with and, and uh, the things that we did, you know, basically it turned into uh Day one, we get there, uh, a couple of us head in the powerboat with uh, our host for the trip, which was, uh, you know, someone I've always admired and thought was really great. He's a uh, works there locally and, uh, you know, uh, is a landscaper and real local knowledge. And uh, basically you just get in the powerboat and hammer up to the Canadian border and shut it down and then fish these giant, giant eddies. Uh, on the way back, and you have pods of you know fifty or hundred great big Upper Columbia rainbows eating spent uh, caddis or emerging caddis on the surface, and we just had a great first night where you know kind of like this. It's almost like you're in a fever dream, you know. Like there's so many bugs, and it's it the the light is just incredible, and these rainbows are giant, and they're eating on the surface, and the water is just so big. They ride these huge, giant boils that, you know, the water is 40, 50, 100 feet deep in the, and just pushes all this, these bugs to the surface. And there's just these happy pods of uh, surface-eating rainbows there. And um, uh, then before you know it, those big drakes pop and uh, these giant rainbows show up. Um, I think the largest we've ever got up there is between 8 and 10 pounds on a, on a dry fly, which is just, you know, you got to go to New Zealand to see a lot of that. Uh, more. But, um, so first night was actually pretty tame. We're, we're all business The you know, the crew that we were with, we just wanted to get it done, you know, and we had a great night. And, uh, the next day was more, uh, well, let's just kill some time and fish some of this small water. And we did, we went up to the Kettle River and had some fun. And on the way back, we noticed that there was, a this dirt track race and it was like, like every uh, and uh, hillbilly in the in northeast Washington was there watching these dirt track races and, and uh, you know we didn't think much of it at the time until we went to put on for the evening fishing that night and that entire racetrack uh, group had moved on to the boat launch and uh, we couldn't pack the boat down there was you know got the guy out the barbecue he's sizzling uh, ranks and. Uh, we found out real quick there was like a, a ringleader that you, you could, they, you know, you had to talk to and then get people to move. And we got this one, you know, this boat launch is like four lanes wide. They cleared like one lane for us to back down, which is kind of nervous, you know, backing down a boat in the first place is kind of, you know, they call the boat launch a divorce maker. And, and certainly this was more like, holy cow, like this is a lot of pressure. And I'll never forget, and I think about this all the time when I hear the name Calvin Klein, uh, you know, we were on a bachelor party, we got our shirts off, we're getting on the boat, it's hot, you know, it's July 4th actually, and uh, they're having a good time and we're saying, well, let's catch some sun, we'll get up to our, our plan was to, you know, run up river and stake out some uh, spots, drop the whole guys off, and uh, my friend was wearing these, this uh, 
Calvin Klein underwear and his swim trunks had slumped down a little bit. And I'll never forget this kind of ringleader all of a sudden said uh, real loud, Calvin Klein, I thought those were girls underwear. And next thing you know, this entire boat launch full of uh, people were pointing and laughing at us and it kind of felt like cool. <laughs> I felt like playing well, you know, it's really kind of normal guys, but anyways, uh, on into the night we fish and we have a big night. We're all fishing in the boat together, having fun and, uh, uh, something unforgettable, a bunch of, you know, those big hexagenas came out and we were able to really catch some, some big fish. And, uh, on the way back, uh, again, mentioned how big the water was The the boat all of a sudden would only work for about 10, 12 seconds at a time. So we're hammering down river. We're at maybe, I think it was between 70 and 80,000 cubic feet per second, giant moving mass of water. And our power boat would only work for about 10, 12 seconds at a time. And we just want to get a little nervous, you know, we, we, we have life jackets, we have all the necessary stuff, but you know, at that kind of, those kind of hydraulics, you know, a life jackets just kind of, you know, be enough to make you buoyant or, or maybe keep you sunk. So it was kind of like, uh, oh no, what do we do? Uh, and, you know, out of nowhere, the guiding light of where we need to go and how far we need to get there was the fireworks show. That same crew that we had left on the, on the boat launch had started lighting off fireworks in the pitch black. So 10 or 12 seconds at a time, we're doing our best to avoid islands and, and whatever as much as we can. And uh, we get back to the launch and uh, with our lives, basically, and then had to basically part the crowd again. And at this point, they were um, a little more under the influence. Uh, so it made it a little harder persuasion, but we got it done. And, uh, you know, the, the rest of the story goes, uh, you know, had a, had a blast. Uh, later that night, ended up in a in a kind of a fun game of, I think it was kind of like, you know, capture the flag with with boat bumpers back at the ranch, and uh, uh, there was a dead horse there in the morning. I think they were they probably died laughing at us, you know, <laughs> doing this whole thing. And, um, it really turned into, uh, you know, how did how did all this happen, and how did we get here? Uh, somebody broke a chair. Anyways. Oh, very fun, um, very memorable, uh, and then uh, just kind of continued. And, and uh, again, great group of friends, and uh, uh, we'll never forget that uh, bachelor party. Probably unique for most bachelor parties. Uh, I don't know if they all have dead horses and, and you know, poor <laughs> horse. Uh, did. And it was uh, awesome. What I mean, also, that's such technical water to be able to cast with that fast moving water on a dry fly and then catch a fish and then like have to uh, maneuver those fast moving waters. Like that's really tough. That must have felt like almost like salt water or salt mouth. It's like a yeah, totally. It's like a big rip and there's these giant eddies. and, And what's really cool about that fishery, there's there's huge sturgeon in there too so occasionally you'll see just this free jumping white sturgeon that like like a whale will come up and just you know uh, blow things up and uh but you're in these huge eddies and where our problem started was in this huge eddy called dead man's eddy which was at the time we were like oh shit like that's not here of all places you know um and uh i'll never forget i hooked a giant fish on a uh, one of those big mayflies and, you know, I thought it was sounding, you know, cause the water's so deep in there and it's going straight down. And I'm like, it's like a tuna, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see my backing click through and I'm looking up, you know, seeing where we're at, trying to mark where, where we started. And I see that same fish, my, my fly line's hitting straight down. And all of a sudden that fish jumps out of the water and lands like a big slab of spare ribs, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, you know, a hundred feet away. And uh, I thought, Wow. So my line is still going down. That thing's been going up. I've got a lot to recover in there, but there's so much current. It kind of keeps you tight, you know? So yeah. It's a really cool fishery. There's a few lodges up there. There's a blog to follow, I think, called the Evening Hatch. I mean, they do a good job of telling you what it's about. There's some unique flies that have came out of that fishery. One of them is called a hinge fly. Uh, I'm kind of a fly time geek myself, so I, I really enjoyed having to prepare for that and fish for that, fish that over the years. Uh, it's really tough to do from shore. You might there's one or two spots, but 
for the most part, hire the guide, go have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a situation where you want to have a professional nearby just to get you, especially where you don't have to use fireworks as a way to get back home. I know. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, we were pretty puckered up. I can tell you that. There was, that's a big river. You know, you always treat them with a lot of fear and respect. And we felt yes. like we've really been able to do that. And at that point, you know, we're all, you know, pretty experienced watermen. But, you know, I grew up in Kalispell and most of the boat work we've been, I was used to was maybe not a a cobalt or a Volvo Penta or something like that. This was a, an aging Hughes craft with some, with some, what I would call nuances. You know, anybody who loves old boats know that they have, uh, they have some nuances, maybe yeah. <laughs> like to be warmed up or treated a certain way or, or spoken to softly or loudly at times. <laughs> and uh, We figured it out. And at, at the end of it, it was just kind of the whole system was pressurized wrong. And I don't know why, but um, it worked out. <laughs> oh god well i'm glad especially when you have like an eddie called dead man's eddie it's definitely uh-huh. something that you want to be very cautious on yeah. but and I'll talk- the horse was old we didn't have nothing to do with the horse it was a beloved family pet but i'll never forget you know picking it up <laughs> in the tractor and seeing it you know go to its eternal resting place oh man a memory for the books for sure yeah. um well as we were talking about we have some amazing home waters here in western montana and I know so much about Trout Unlimited, but maybe a lot of our listeners don't know a lot about um, about Trout Unlimited. Can you give a little bit of information about, especially uh, focused on more of the West Slope chapter and what totally. you guys are all about? Totally. Absolutely. So the West Slope chapter is one of, I believe it's 13 chapters in Montana that are, are your local Trout Unlimited chapter. You know, everybody kind of knows of Trout Unlimited National. There's all sorts of smaller groups of local chapters in Montana. The West Slope chapter is the second largest in Montana beside the Gallatin chapter. And it's one of my goals as president to uh, catch that chapter. I, you know, I uh, played football here at the University of Montana. And one of my favorite things to do is beat up Bozeman. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I got my sights over there. They've got, they've got a lot of good things going on too. And we're all on the same team in this, but uh, it's always fun to have. A you got to have a little fun. Yeah, a little internal competition. So it's also uh, like when the football team, like when Montana State was making it to, you know, the champions, mm-hmm. like even though you wanted Montana State to do well, even though we mm-hmm. were not, the University of Montana wasn't out there anymore. You're like, oh, I'm sure some people did. I might have, <laughs> I don't owe much blue and gold. And uh, <laughs> you know, I had a little more personal dog in that fight, but um, I love the rivalry and, and everything that it's about. And at the end of the day, you're right. Montana's Montana. We, this is one of the, coolest states you could ever call home or even to come visit. Um, you know, it's the coolest shape. We've got the coolest stuff. You've got such a big variety of fish to catch and, you know, you name it. So uh, back to the West Slope chapter, uh, really what we do is we raise money for cold water conservation projects. Uh, and, you know, we have a number of the program, other programs that we focus on too. We've got a terrific women's group called Missoula Fly Gals. They have a ton of momentum, huge, huge growth in that chapter. I always say it's contagious in a good way. I really love seeing what they do. Kate Hasterlick is one of our board members. Heads that up and I'm just amazed at what they do all the time. Um, uh, We also have a a children's uh, chapter that's headed by uh, Lori Lane. We call them the Cuddy Crew. Got some great stickers and t-shirts. And this year we have programs like Trout in the Classroom where we raised uh, funded uh, and ra- help them raise uh, some rainbow trout fingerlings uh, from eggs, uh, two fingerlings, and then release them in a put and take pond here in, in town. Got some great press on the news and that kind of thing with it. But really, uh, w- w- when we're raising money for these, uh, uh, we're looking to conserve and protect cold water fisheries within our footprint. And what I and in raising that funding, I mean, what, what I mean by critical funding is it doesn't mean we're going to we're fund the whole thing. I think that's a misconception. It's thinking we raise just millions and we get this done and, and we would love to do that, but we're all volunteers. Uh, I, I'm a banker. I run a, a, a branch of a local bank, a vice president for Stockton Bank here in town. And it's, this is my passion project. This is something I want to do. So uh, we can't do all that. We raise a lot of money. We have a ton of great supporters, but really what we raise that money for is we want to be first money in. And what I mean by that is when we're first money in, it shows that the people who live here, the people who use the resource, the people who love it, the people who might even make a living from that resource uh, are supporting it. 
if we're first money in, it it carries a big stick. We it speaks loudly for what the long term potential and what the impact of these projects are. So first money in uh, is is everything for us. So we try we work really hard uh, to try and be first money in on some of those big projects. And one of those, um, if I could talk about that quickly, it has yes. been the rattlesnake dam removal project. Um, Rattlesnake Creek runs through basically the heart of Missoula. It's a postcard image right out in front of the double tree, uh, off of the, the bridge right in front of the university. You often see someone fishing there. That's where Rattlesnake Creek comes in and flows underneath the four B's. If you've ever had a, uh, uh, some tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich, that's a creek flowing underneath you. It's probably one of the most important, if not the most important spawning tributary in the middle Clark Fork section. So. But it was really limited by this, you know, historic dam uh, that was, you know, been outdated for decades and decades and decades for the Missoula uh, water supply. And this dam, what it really did was it just it it held back some water. So not like a traditional dam, but really it just pinched the flow of Rattlesnake Creek, which in the springtime and the spawning time uh, has a large volume of water. It drains the Rattlesnake Wilderness, lots of snow, lots of lots of big peaks. And it pinched it through this basically, you know, hose valve that made it almost impossible for spawning fish to get past. I mean, it was just way too much volume, way too much water. And uh, spawning cutthroat couldn't get above there. Spawning rainbow trout couldn't get above there. And really the water below that dam, which was maybe, you know, four or five miles above Missoula proper, uh, the spawning habitat below that was pretty poor. You know, a lot of that has been channelized for development or, um, you know, other means and, you know, didn't really have room for those fish to spawn. So, you know, the West Slope chapter was first money in on that project. And then when first money in happens, other, other projects, other groups start to notice, uh, the Clark Fork Coalition notice, uh, you know, other conservation groups notice, they start piling on if, if, you know, West Slope's in for 50 grand, but we're going to be in for uh, 50 grand. And you're going to start getting all these matching funds. And what happens next is even private businesses and private people uh, say, well, we're in too. So, you know, the, the company I work for, Stockman Bank, they were one of the private businesses who stepped up and I think ended up contributing $20,000 for that removal project also. So next thing you know, when the grant writers get to that point of, okay, check the boxes, who is first money in, who is involved, and they see all these local groups and then they see buy-in by other groups, it's important. This is going to get, this is going to get elevated. This is going to get prioritized for other funding. And realistically, it got, it happened fast. You know, it was, you know, something within the last four or five years that we thought, let's set a goal. Let's make this happen in, in, in 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is. And we've got so much support from everybody that it happened fast. And really right now we're excited to see the effects, you know, it's been gone for, you know, one full spawning season. Now we're coming up on, on, uh, you know, really that this is the first true, let's see what happened. Let's monitor, let's see how many more reds we have, all those kind of things. And, uh, it could create some more exciting fishing opportunities, which I can't necessarily talk about now, but, um, in the future, you know, keep an eye out. Yeah. You know, I think you say a really good thing about the volunteer is that you're doing this. You aren't getting paid to do this, correct? President. Yeah, like you're no, doing I'm this not getting paid. No, this is pure passion. This is something everybody on our board, nobody's getting paid. This is, this is us. You know, we have lawyers, we have uh, photographers. Uh, I'm a banker. We have uh, um, artists. We have, um, you know, people who, who work in accounting, we have, you know, all of those things. This is something that's important to us and, and important to, um, you know, why we, why we live here, why we do the things we do, why, why we fish, why we, um, why we exist. And so this is, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours of our personal time away from our kids and in some cases our jobs and other responsibilities. And, often from fishing, the thing we like most. Right. Um, so uh, we're passionate about cold water conservation. We live in what I call uh, the cold water cathedral light. You know, I'm from Kalispell and I always called that the cold water cathedral with all the forks of the Flathead, you know, the Bob Marshall and the Middle Fork and the North Fork, uh, you know, true cold water refuges for uh, 
uh, you know, vanishing cold water refuges in um, Missoula was there and we're trying to get it back there. You know, that's our, that's our goal is we have, we have, you know, four amazing rivers and then there's something like, I've heard 86 fishable tributaries off of those and they're all important and they all, a lot of those, you know, we've noticed they need work, they need help, they need, um, they need help getting cold again. So that's what we're doing. I love that cold water cathedral. I mean, that's what. What a trademark! <laughs> yeah, you need to. So merch. Bumper, bumper sticker that out. Um, yeah. But you know, when I say like volunteer, and the fact that you talk about time and energy, that is an understatement. I was part. I signed up for the PTO, and I'm I I didn't have to give up that much time, but I had to give up a Bless little you. bit. And and then afterwards, I was like, you know what? Never mind. This is too much. This is too much work of the little time I had to give. So to be the West Slope chapter, I just want people to understand that there is a hundred percent passion going into this to make sure that our back, our home waters are exact, that people can write stories about it, that we have a podcast that people can talk about. And I just have to say a huge thank you because I can't even imagine the amount of time and energy that you are spending on this to make sure that things are being accomplished, that we're preserving and to be the first one to go out there and send that bill, bill so that when people are looking at these, um, the rattlesnake and like, oh, wow, West Slope chapter is part of this this is serious business. So first off, a huge thank you for making that huge contribution to time and energy, because without that Montana, especially Missoula would not have the beautiful waters or nor people would we have the um, recreation that we are seeing still continue and to continue to grow. So with that being said, I know you said that there's a lot of tributaries that are coming out and there's more projects. What yep. do you see the for? What do you, what is the force, the, the foreseeable future with West Slope um, next mission. Totally. So next, as far as next missions go, we want to monitor just how well fish respond to being able to go really the length of Rattlesnake Creek, the, the, the realistic length that they can go up there. That's fun. You know, another, another project and really kind of what the West Slope chapter has adopted is really our kind of, you know, our, our baby and, and, and what's, we feel, we could improve the most and really what we want to preserve the most because it's already great, but we want to make it better and, and keep it that way is Rock Creek. Uh, yeah. Anybody who's lived in Missoula, I mean, you talk about even across the country, you mentioned Rock Creek and everybody kind of will wax poetic about a day they had on Rock Creek where they got to do it themselves. They got to be there themselves. They got to experience what a freestone trout fishery could the potential it could actually be. And that's just sacred for Missoula. And it's just sacred for the Rocky mountain West and for fly fishing and, and for the West slope chapter. That's our, that's our big thing. So what we decided, uh, you know, a few years ago now is that we took a huge step forward in raising funds for a full-time project coordinator on rock Creek. And we partnered with trout unlimited national, uh, and we basically committed, I believe it's about $40,000 a year to help pay the salary of that individual. Um, but, uh, which is a big ask from us. I mean, we, we work really hard to raise that, but that's how important it is for us. That's what we want. Um, and, uh, you know, that individual, uh, Tess Scanlon and she, I don't know if we could have a better person for that job. She's done such a great, tremendous job of, you know, whether it's, you know, identifying culvert projects to where we can, can, you know, it's all about connectivity when you're talking spawning tributaries or connectivity for cold water refuges on Rock Creek, whether it's a culvert project for a feeder stream or water rights or access or, um, you know, habitat improvements, uh, landowner relations in general, just an absolute rock star. And uh, it's, it's been really fun to see those projects. And I want to see them continue on Rock Creek. You know, everybody thinks Rock, there's nothing wrong with Rock Creek. You know, it's, it's the best fishery really we probably have in town, the most consistent in our area. Uh, but it can always be better. And, uh, you know, it's been identified as one of those cold water refuges really because of a lot of the public land and limited development up there that, um, might be one of those final cold water refuges. If they all go away, that might be one of the last ones to go. So we want to extend that. We want to have that contribute to the health of the middle Clark Fork, upper Clark Fork. And, um, you know, being able to fund that position and have that position is vitally important. 
I absolutely love Rock Creek and I don't even want to maybe say too much about it because um, it is such a special place. But I think what makes Rock Creek also very special is that you can go fishing and not see anybody there. And that's, um, I think as we were just talking about earlier is what is a good day on the water? I think about this a lot, but it's not necessarily sometimes catching the biggest fish, but sometimes being on the water and not seeing anybody there. Because if you ask any angler, you're like, hey, how big, before you ask about how the fishing was, you always maybe follow up with, well, was it busy? Right. And that is probably the biggest question I have is I would rather go, my destination for fishing is um, mostly based on there won't be anybody there. Right, yeah. Before I, like, not about catching big fish, I'm like, well, was it busy? Right. No, you're, you've, you've nailed it there, Lauren. And I think what's so special about what you're describing and, and the opportunity you have on Rock Creek is that um, I, I seek angling uh, for, for its ability to provide me as an angler or whoever I'm taking the opportunity at a singular focus. So much of our lives, we have distractions. I, I basically, I sell money for a living. You know, I, I, I have an <laughs> active email inbox. I have employees. I have work for uh, a big company. And um, I don't have a singular focus throughout the day. There's there's so many focuses. I've got two terrific uh, kids, uh, almost four and seven. And I don't have a singular focus necessarily with my, when I'm with them. But when, when I'm fishing, I can. and. If you're on a busy river, uh, many of our more popular rivers, you're you're constantly thinking of others. Am, am I being am I being a jerk? Am I hogging this spot for too long? Or where do I need to shift to avoid this angler? Or you know that yeah. whole boat launch etiquette, that whole angling etiquette. You have a bunch of other river user types like tubers and things like that that are these constant distractions, kind of that that shift away from that singular focus. But when you can be at a place like Rock Creek or someplace with solitude. Uh, in between your own ears, you just ha- you are allowed that singular focus that I think is just so vital for your mental health. Even of I'm just trying to catch one more, or I'm just trying to catch the next one, or I'm trying to figure out this one solution of why won't it why won't it eat the fly this way? And it, it's this kind of weird creativity within this singular focus that. I crave, I need it. You know, if, if when I don't have that singular focus or I go a long stretch without it, um, I, I miss it. I'm not the same. I'm, I'm maybe ruffled or, or, or crabby, which I've been known to be. Um, but, uh, I don't get to fish enough, but, uh, um, you know, I think I always say if, if people could just go fishing more, I think a lot of the problems in the world might just not, it might go away, you know? And, uh, when we have something like that in our backyard, it's really important to preserve the ability to do that and, and to make it great and to keep it great. So Rock Creek is maybe the, the most um, easily accessed uh, place for someone to do that within our footprint and uh, and really cherished. I mean, it's really the world over. I mean, I've, I've been on in airports and heard from people talking about Rock Creek and um, pretty cool. No, absolutely. I think you say that, you know, it's just like when you're, when you're thinking about on the, when you're on the boat and you have somebody ahead of you, you're like, I'm going to go forward, but then I can ruin their water. And it's just like this constant anxiety, which is the last right. thing you want to do. I'll hop to the left. Day. I'll go river left if they're right. Or where do they go? Where, you know, and you're being reactionary to not necessarily the fish, but to, to somebody else. And, um, you just don't have that same singular focus or, or it's just in shorter spans. But when you get to, a, you know, a full day of, you know, you just having to maybe wave to somebody on the road, which you kind of enjoy anyways, uh, or to sit in the shade and, and still not have someone float by or, or, or go by the float season. So sure. on Rock Creek. So that's why it's important to us and, and really kind of our home adopted water. When you're driving up the road, as soon as you pass the, the big five valleys, uh, pull out there right before Ekstrom's. There's a big West Slope chapter, Trout Unlimited sign. Um, we revamped that. We actually sold the old sign at auction. I think we got oh. pretty good money for it uh, just because it had been there for so long. Now it's a little more modern. It's got a logo on there. You know, basically it's uh, welcome to Rock Creek. 
we're the West Slope chapter. We put a lot of resources into this. I hope you enjoy your day and, and protect it well. I love that. And when you say like protect it well, like what are you expecting people to do when they enter, say they see this sign, like please protect it? Like what what are your expectations for hey, our guests yeah. on these waters? Be courteous, treat the fish uh, the, the way you think they should be treated, uh, be respectful of others and their space and um, soak it in, enjoy it. I mean, this is a really unique thing you're getting to experience here you know after you get through the first seven miles there's another 40 miles where you know there's you know you can almost just drop in anywhere uh without needing to worry about you know is this is this somebody else's property or or what is this this is yours to enjoy and um you know you know that experience a lot depends on the river users and and the watershed users of just how you respect it and how you use it um, as the president of the Trout Unlimited chapter, what is the biggest problem you're seeing as people who are using the water? Like, what is the biggest red flags that you're seeing um, as people? You know, that's that's kind of a lightning rod. It's a hard hard to identify because I I want to welcome all river users. I mean, these yeah. are just, it's it's everybody has a little bit different way they want to do it, and I welcome that. I don't want any more. I don't want any more licenses or permits or rules or regulations necessarily, but all river users kind of have a different uh, idea for their day. And I just, you know, would like it if everybody just could respect each other. And, uh, you know, like the, the tuber crowd uh, is, is going to use the river different than a, a recreational floater with their family. The sure. recreational floater with the family is going to be different than the fishing crowd. And I don't kayakers. know if there's your kayakers. There's really not yeah. a um, there's, you know, that could be a whole nother separate podcast, but, um, I, I wouldn't say there's any real red flags. We just have a lot more usage in our footprint now, and it'll become yeah. an issue. I think that maybe needs to be addressed, but, um, if we can all just be respectful of each other and what that other user wants, you know, like the, uh, the tubers of the recreational crowd, not necessarily fragging the, the banks, you know, stay, stay middle river or, or someplace like that, you know. Um, and same thing with the, with the angler, um, maybe have a little more patient at the boat launch with, uh, the tuber crowd or something like that. So, um, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a tough one. Um, and it's, it's a sure way to get some emotions involved. Too. <laughs> it really is. I think as we keep getting more recreation, but I, like you, I agree. I think that you have the equal right to go fish where you want to, but it's more about being aware of your surroundings. Do you remember that tuber that I still, to this day, every time I pass this bridge, I think about the tuber or who, who was it? The guy that was tubing down the river and someone jumped off the bridge and landed on him. Oh, oh I still no. to this day. Do you don't remember that? No. It's happened like, Oh my gosh. Every no. time I go over, I go under a bridge. I'm just yeah. like, Please tell me no one's going to be jumping because I think about yeah. that poor tuber that the guy yeah. jumped and like landed on his legs. I mean, serious injuries. No, like I the guy. Know. Oh my gosh. Anyways, <laughs> I to this day I still think about it. So, well, oh, you know, I don't want to be again critical of that I've, I've not, nor hypocritical. I've done some tubing in my day, but uh, I almost always had a pair of uh, uh, goggles and maybe a snorkel. I I think. You know, I, I, I caught some guff from everybody I've ever tubed with that uh, I'm always just looking for bull trout and cutthroat and, you know, wh- where are they at? You know, you, so cool. it's more insights. So I look like a total dork out there, but that's what I am. I'm a total fishing <laughs> dork. That's a, like I said, it's almost all I think about. So. Well, you have the true passion when you're doing this all for free. I mean, I just even listening to you saying like raising money, working really hard to have a full-time staff when you're doing this for volunteer work, I mean, just really reflects your passion into um, our our rivers here in Western Montana. Um, we talk about um, the TU chapter and how how can people become more involved with uh, their local chapters, whether they're in Western Montana or outside of Montana? Absolutely. No, we've got a great website. Uh, hopefully we can, we can post that. Um, email will get you a membership. It's free. We don't want, you know, we don't want to hit you up for that necessarily. Uh, come to the chapter meetings. We put on some great speeches uh, in the, the cabin fever months, uh, you know, usually after hunting season and before the squalas pop. And um, 
where, you know, on a Wednesday night, you can come hear someone like Kelly Gallup or Jeff Courier or Brian Chan, or uh, we've had some just terrific speakers. Uh, I've even done one, which I don't know if that's a big name, but I sure had fun. Big, the biggest name, the president. Come on. When you yeah. say president, people, yeah. you got to be like riding yeah. on a horse. <laughs> yeah, like it's so, the president, Brandon Dwyer, and you just need to like wave. I mean, yeah. that gives you perks. Trust yeah, me. Absolutely. <laughs> Usually it's just free beers, which I almost do anything for. So that's um, great. That's a perk. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that and, and, and really what we need most is we need to raise money. So we have events. Uh, we've got one coming up. Uh, we have an online auction starting on the 15th, actually, uh, where you can bid on items, purchase items. You can raise the paddle, quote unquote, and uh, just flat out donate. And we've had uh, some terrific success with that. We're also having what we're calling River Fest because we do live in, in River Central here. And um, we want to celebrate the rivers. We want to celebrate the people who use them, the people who support them. Tickets are $25 a piece. You can get them on, on the uh, website, which we'll, we can hopefully we can post. Uh, it'll get you a handful of beers and a burger, and uh, there'll be some uh, casting games, some casting instruction. There'll be uh, some face painting for the kids. There'll be uh, some vendors there. We'll have the Watershed Network, uh, Education Network there with the table. We'll have uh, George Kiesel tie and flies there. He's one of the most talented fly tires wow. on the planet. George will be spinning up bugs. I don't know if he's taking requests, but if you've ever sat in front of George, you just kind of, your jaw drops and, and you just like to, to watch him. He's a real uh, uh, maniac at the vice. Um, so it's going to be at the Heritage Hall, Historic Fort Missoula. Uh, even if, you know, it's going to be the same weekend as Maggot Fest, which I know we're competing with, but we got <laughs> we have different user groups. So wander on over, uh, come get your fish and fix in. Again, it's, I think it's a pretty cheap ticket, $25, gets you a handful of beers and a burger, and it all supports cold water fisheries. Um, I'll be there, maybe emceeing, shaking hands, wanting to meet you and uh, get you involved in the chapter. Um, next year, this year, we'll have some, what I call field trips, where we'll do tree planting, we'll do um, some restoration uh, work on some Rock Creek tributaries. Um, you know, we've got a, you know, some awesome projects Paul Parsons has done up in the nine mile. We'll do some follow-up up there. Um, so there's, there's lots of fun things there. I know the Missoula fly gals, uh, if you're a lady angler, you're absolutely on the leading edge of, uh, the most, um, fastest growing part of the sport of fly fishing and, uh, maybe the most awesome. It's really fun to see so many women, uh, get involved. Um, We've got a number of retreats planned with them. I know they have a, a free fly fishing clinic. I think it's coming up this weekend. I think it's full already, um, but keep your eye out. Uh, one of our most popular events has been the uh, women only trailer back drift boat or raft trailer backup clinic. Um, I love that. I thought maybe at first it would be in, in these times, maybe too sexist to offer something like that. But at the same time, I feel the, the pain and the nervousness at a boat launch. And I've been, I've been backing boats up and trailers up for a long time. And uh, when we offered it, it, it was like immediate, immediate uh, full. So um, keep an eye out for that. I really want to do that again. We've had some great fishing guides and um, um, other women even as instructors for that. And um, so keep an eye out for things like that. That's what you can, you can expect from us. Um, uh, in addition to all the chapter meetings. I absolutely love that because there, it is so nerve wracking reversing the <laughs> truck in the trailer. Yeah. I've done it with Justin. And one time I was like, okay, there was nobody there. I'm like, let, let, let me do it. Justin, nobody's here. And I swear I got in the car, I hate reverse and you know, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden a, a, a boat shows up. I'm like, never mind, never mind. I hit bark. I'm like, Justin, come on, come on. I don't want anyone pointing at me. I don't want anyone laughing at me. I also don't want to be like the problem where they're like, we need to get on the water. And this, this person over here is someone's like, turn left, turn right. And um, you just need some time where you're like, you know what, I just need to reserve this. I'm actually yeah. thinking I'm going to go to the Osprey Stadium. And like just during the day, you know, yeah. like when everyone's like at work, just kind of sit back there. And so if anyone's driving by the Osprey Stadium, seeing somebody with a trailer, that's great. Me. Idea. You know, I think that's actually <laughs> where we put it on. So great idea. 
Uh, and, you know, especially it's often one of those things, maybe best learned from someone who's not your spouse or significant other. <laughs> uh, just as the way those go, I, you know, I sell money for a living. I'd make loans. And there's, <laughs> I have two things I call divorce makers. One of them is a kitchen remodel. Uh, the other one being the boat launch. So um, just be mindful of those things. Uh, if you are teaching your spouse or significant other or going through a kitchen remodel. So. Um. <laughs> Top two things: don't go, don't go fishing after the the kitchen remodel, and have them teach them how to reverse uh, a boat. Noted. Yeah, you're just hey, let's <laughs> just into that kind of pain. Yeah, yeah. Well, Brandon, before we sign off, let's hear one more fishing story um, to to just end our our wonderful conversation today. Absolutely. Uh, you know, again, um, <laughs> I. One of the things I'm, I'm very passionate about is getting kids involved in fishing. And I had some, you know, my, my fortunate that my father, um, when I was really young, I think I, I lifted on my own, my first brook trout, I lived on a Creek, uh, west of Kalispell. You know, we lived way back in the woods, had a pet mule deer, the whole thing. It was like little grizzly Adams family. My dad, um, I've lifted my first brook trout out of the water on my own when I was two and a half, three years old. And I've just always felt that connection and be something I'm going to do the rest of my life. And then, you know, moving into uh, Kalispell proper, lived on a spring creek and all those, again, that kind of Tom Sawyer uh, floating, fishing, biking, pocket knife lifestyle for a long time. So I'm really, I, I feel like that's just a treasure for uh, for my life. and, and what that's meant to me. And I would let, always like to share that with, with children. And I've done that with my own. And it's something I want to do more with the Westlow chapter. But one story that uh, sticks out, and I happen to have some of it on uh, on video that I, uh, I look at and smile and, and tear up and cry is, is probably being able to introduce my, my little girl to her first, you know, hook it, reel it, lift it out of the water on your own. Uh, we're able to go to a small tributary outside here in Missoula and, uh, you know, put a little soft tackle on, let her just triple whip that little three weight as much as she could. And just that tight line swing with that little soft tackle, watch her eyes light up on, uh, you know, about a uh, 10 inch cutthroat. And uh, just to see that engagement and the excitement and um, to hear those words that, I, would, I didn't know if you would hear when the, when the experience was over, you know, you don't know if, you know, your, your child is going to say, how about some ice cream or can we go to the park or, um, you know, can we go home or what, what did it mean to him? And uh, she said, uh, can we catch another one? <laughs> oh, I think about I that, that. It's like that, you know, that's that's as pure as it gets that's the reason why you you do it that's the reason why you're so passionate because there's there's always going to be if you keep creating these opportunities for children or someone who's new to fishing for the first time you create those opportunities that's a feeling that you'll chase the rest of your life when you just want the next one and it's something like engaging with nature it's engaging with a fish you have such a unique opportunity as a trout angler uh, an angler in general to be able to corral nature, hold it in your hands, admire it for a short period of time and just let it go back in the water and do its thing. Or, you know, in, in some cases you might take it home and eat it and feed somebody or yourself. And, um, what a great opportunity. And I just, I love sharing that and, uh, no better way to do it than, uh, with children or your own kids or your friends, kids, or somebody who might not get that opportunity. So that's what it's all about for me. That's the story that that's that sticks out and, and keeps me going and um, uh, want I love that. okay with ending on. Well, you know, I always say with uh, passion comes conservation and then, you know, comes action. And so you're a true uh, saying because you do this for free, you spend time, you do a commitment to um, the waters that we love. And thank you so much for um, your commitment to the waters of Missoula and the Western um, and 
areas around our tributaries because without that we wouldn't have a place to recreate and nor could we have people come and visit this great city and enjoy these home waters so thank you so much and look forward to this upcoming weekend um it will be fun and i love that it's a family affair you know i love it that we're making you know it's not just for the it's not for adults kids get to see what is going um, on around in their community. You bet. That'll yeah, start on the 22nd of May, uh, noon to four, approachable hours. We're giving away fly rods. We have raffles for water masters. We'll have some boats there. We'll do a little uh, uh, boat biology as far as here's the anchor rope, here's the oarlock. I mean, all that kind of stuff uh, that you I might be that. too afraid to ask at the boat store. Um, uh, we want to make it approachable and fun for everybody. And, um, I've told the face painter to get, you know, get ready to paint a lot of uh, rainbow trout, <laughs> trout that kind of stuff. So, and there's maybe a kid's Brandon, casting name too, so we'll get him introduced. Oh, maybe Brandon, you can have some trailer backing up for preparations. <laughs> you know, with Megapest right next door, we're going to try and keep the, oh, keep, keep that at a med- uh, maybe a minimum, but, uh, Keep an eye on that in the future. We want that to be a, a focused event for sure. As a reminder for our listeners, Maggot Fest is the biggest rugby festival here in Missoula, and where you take shots. West, so. Is it where you take yeah. shots of shots of tequila with maggots in it? Hence yes, the name yeah. Maggot Fest. It's disgusting. I partaked in my college years. I will never do it again. I'm still recovering from it. Yes. <laughs> That's part of the reason why we were okay with that weekend because the weather is almost always nice for Maggot Fest because we always think God loves Maggot Fest and he wants us to be happy. And uh, if we piggyback on that, then maybe, you know, maybe we'll have nice weather for this too. It's inside and outside. So we have both. Oh, wonderful. Well, nothing more fun though than to go to a grocery store during Maggot Fest and see everyone's um, outfits. That's like my favorite thing to do. I'm such a people watcher. I love it. That's why I probably should never have anyone watch me going down, backing up a trailer. But (laughs) thank you again, Brandon, so much for joining me today. And I can't wait for our paths to cross on the water. Go to thefebruaryroom.com where you can access a complete library of our podcast and read more about our guests, their fishing stories, and favorite fly patterns. We're always looking for exceptional fly fishing yarns, and if you have one to spin, shoot us an email at info at thefebruaryroom.com. The February Room is always free, but if you feel like throwing a nickel in the pond, we appreciate any additional listener support. For companies and individuals interested in sponsorship opportunities, please contact us for our media kit. Thanks for stopping by the February Room, and we'll see you down here next week.